my beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord. We find ourselves here with the third Sunday, this theme of water and the theme of baptism. And as I was reading the gospel on Monday, I happened to watch my granddaughter, one of them, playing with Plato. And I thought to myself, how much about God am I learning from my grandchildren? I'm learning about how they are developing a foundation for a theology above God just in their play. Case in point, I was sitting there and I was, it was her day to be with Nana and Zetto and I was watching her mold this clay and pound it and form it and, and make it into something she wanted. And as an adult, I was sitting there looking, how long is that clay, Play-Doh, going to be all right and malleable before it starts to dry out, the moisture starts to leave, and it's rock hard? And then, as my mind does, I started drifting off to, to stories that Pawnee Kelly would tell me that when she was a young girl, her father was an art teacher in Federal Way in high school, art teacher. And in the summer, sometimes he would take the kids to the school, and they could work on an art project. And Pawnee Kelly really liked to work with clay, the clay pots and all. And I was envisioning in my mind, as I was watching my granddaughter, about how the clay is just dust. But what makes it malleable and stick together is the water. Without the water, there is nothing. The potter has to make sure when they're working with the wheel that there's enough moisture, but not too much moisture, to bring the clay into the form that they want it. And of course, Jesus is not missing the point at all, and he's trying to press the point home to the people in today's gospel. That he's taking mud, he's taking clay from the ground, and he's putting moisture into the clay, and he's putting the clay on the man's eyes. It harkens back into Genesis, when there was things starting to grow on the earth. And in the second chapter of Genesis, it talks about how a well was springing up from the ground and watering everything on the earth. And then the Lord God took clay and formed man and blew the breath of life into him. And I think of breath. There's moisture in the breath. It's just nothing. It's got some moisture to it. It gives it life. And so we see that out of clay, a creation came into being that did not exist before, man. Man who could converse with God, had a relationship with God, unique to all of creation. And we see in our gospel today, here is a man that's been ostracized, essentially dead to the community. And Jesus takes this clay from the earth, the same clay he used to create Adam in the first place. He once again breathed the breath of life into it by putting the spittle into it. And then put it on the man's eyes and told him to go and wash. And the man could see with new eyes. A new world was opening up to him. 
But there was a new world, more than just the physical world that had opened up to him. It was the world in the life of God that he would soon discover. You see, it wasn't until the end of all the things he went through was he able to see Jesus. He had not seen Jesus when the mud was put on his eyes. He didn't see Jesus to the very end till he endured all that he went through. Then his eyes were truly opened when he fell down and worshipped our Lord. We all probably love the story of the potter and how he's creating all these things, creating you and I. The potter with his hand touching and forming. But one thing we see, and we have to keep this in mind in our life, is that this man had a difficult life as a blind man, right? <clears throat> he had to beg. And the thought was, as we heard in Scripture, is it because of his sins or of his parents? So God's punishing this man. We need to stay away from him. We're obliged to give alms, but that's it. But once he got his sight, it got worse. It went from bad to worse. Now, he's actually despised and looked with suspicion upon by the leaders. And they're interrogating and interrogating him and interrogating him. You would have thought his life would have been better and everyone would have been rejoicing. I've got this newfound faith. Everything should be great. But he suffered terribly. Not even his parents would come to his aid other than saying, yeah, that's our son. He was born blind. That's all we're going to do. That's all we're going to say about him. He's old enough. Ask him yourself. And I go back to my daughter, our granddaughter, and I see her pounding on that Play-Doh. And when it doesn't come out just right, she molds it again and she keeps working on it until she has what she's after. The slaying with the potters at a potter's wheel, working it over and over, sometimes smashing it down and rebuilding it to get the desired outcome. And God is working that way on us. He is continually molding and refashioning us. Nowhere did He say, once I baptize you, you're going to have an easy life. It's going to be worse. They're going to ostracize you. They're going to try to kill you. But what keeps us together, what keeps us going, is that moisture, the breath of life, the grace of God that continually flows in us. But we have to be open to that flow. Now, during the great fast, we were working so hard and becoming aware of our sins and trying to make changes and really working and praying and opening up the floodgates of grace. But what happens is, even despite the, the pandemic we have, after Pascha, we all know it's, we quickly slide off. And we have to go back to the same fervor we had of fasting, of praying, of giving alms and doing all these things, of... Uh, to allow the graces to flow in our hearts, to have our hearts opened up. And then God's going to still allow the troubles to befall us. He's not going to take them away. But because of that moisture of grace that's in us, we will, if we allow ourselves, 
be molded into a new creation that he envisions for us. Not the creation we envision for ourselves, but the creation he envisions for us. The one that will make us the happiest, the one that will give us the greatest peace, the one that will allow us to be able to receive the greatest amount of love capable within ourselves of God's love and capable of giving that same amount of love back. But to do that, the potter's got to keep working on us and forming us because sometimes we get out of balance and we start to wobble and we have to be banged back down and brought up again. But if we are faithful to these endeavors, despite what happens around us, faithful to the grace of God that's in us, then we too will have our eyes opened in a new way. The scales that are on our own eyes over our own heart will be healed with the washing of regeneration that comes from prayer, that comes from living the life that God has called us to. And we too will see Christ's hands in it all. And we won't be anxious about things. We won't be so concerned because we see that God's hand is in all of it, in one way or another, allowing or making something happen to bring about the first and primary thing for us, salvation. Salvation. Not physical well-being, not wealth, not a name, not a title. Salvation of the soul. So allow that grace to be poured into you, to keep you moistened, to keep you malleable, so that God can form you. And then, allow ourselves to be washed in the font of confession. And then, in the midst of all the trials and getting beat up, we will continue to say, He's a prophet. He comes from God. No one can do the things to me that, but God. No one can create me the way I am despite all my difficulties, but God alone. And then he will arrive on our doorstep, as he did to this man, and said, I am he who is standing before you, the Son of God. And we too will worship. We will fall down before the potter, the one who formed us in his own image, after his own likeness. My granddaughter was working in theology at the counter, starting to develop a theology of her own creation in the eyes of God. That he took this matter and he breathed life into it and he molds it. And throughout our life, he keeps molding it until he makes us this beautiful thing that he himself has in mind. And this is the great gift that God has. But it requires fortitude, determination. It requires a commitment on our part to remain faithful through thick and thin. If we want to experience the just fruits and the reward that God has planned for us, allow ourselves to be beat up a little bit. Recognize it's the hand of God allowing us an opportunity to be formed, an opportunity 
to grow. An opportunity to rise above the mire or the mud and be formed into something glorious. The blind man endured much, and he was greatly rewarded in the end by being allowed to stand before and recognize his Creator and fall down and worship him. If we are not allowed, we do not allow ourselves to be beat up and pummeled ourselves and reformed, we won't recognize him either. And we will deny him at every turn. Let us be faithful and breathe in deeply the moisture, the breath of God in our lives, the wellspring of life. Allow it to be poured into you so you can be molded in the perfect image of Christ. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is